Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact universityhalloofinnovation at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of A Student's Perspective. My name is Courtney. And my name is Natalia. And my name is David Santiago, and you are at the Aspire Design and Home Show House for the Junior League of High Point. And I'm so excited to share this space and interior design. Awesome. Let's backtrack a little bit and start off with yourself and how you became to come to come here and design this wonderful space. Fantastic. Um, well, I am now in the in the realm of product development and product design. So um, earlier this year, I was fortunate enough to launch my first lighting collection with American Brass and Crystal. They're based in Union, New Jersey, and um, infused color and whimsy uh, crystal draping and just changing the form of a traditional product and brand. And later that spring, I launched my first wall covering collection with Bijou Wall Covering from Syosset, New York. So the show house came about over the summer and it was a wonderful opportunity to continue the, the product launch and come up with a concept. And I appropriately titled it Hospidential. So it's a, it's a curated space of hospitality in a residential space, in an arts and craft home outside the box. And I just wanted to take you on a journey uh, through design, color, graphic elements, and, and create a beautiful space. So yeah, just to describe to the people watching, this house is such an interesting array of elements. You have designers designated to certain rooms and they showcase here at High Point their aesthetic, their design. It's so wonderful. Just to, he just took us on a tour around, and every you just see the designers all have their own different aesthetics, different designs, but it all works so well together. Can you explain maybe a little bit about that collaboration sure. or how it started? In this particular case, um, all of the designers here are from all different parts of the country. But the wonderful thing that's happening in our in industry is we all attend trade show rooms. We all follow trends, and we also are true to our uh, designist aesthetics and styles. And um, fast forward, as you walk around the house, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you walk around the house, you, you get a sense of uh, what's happening in our industry with designers, um, color stories, concepts, textures, artwork, lighting, all infused in a, in a really well thought out you know, space in the show house. Yeah. Do you mind like talking to us about how they divided you guys up as far as rooms are concerned? Was there any thought behind that? Yes. Well, working with the show house, there are rooms that are available. And, you know, sometimes first come, first serve, you know, you get dibs on it. And um, I I could have done a bedroom. I could have done maybe an entry. I don't know. But I, I chose to do the hallway 
and uh, an entry. I was actually just going to say, can you hold in a little bit on your entry? Because I know you talked about how you love color, you love lighting, yes. but you kind of bring everybody in right off the bat and say, expect the unexpected. Uh, so yes. can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, one of the unexpected things is we don't have a formal entry in the house. This was it. And um, something that I love about interior design, sometimes the unexpected ends up, ends up being the most wonderful surprise. So this really wasn't originally planned for my concept, mm -hmm. but somehow it came, became the focal point and became the entry of the house. And it's a welcoming, um, welcoming to the space with the oversize and the juxtaposition of the old with the new. Awesome. Can you explain to us maybe the, some of the difficulties or some of the obstacles you came across when finally seeing the space and what you had to work with? Sure. I, I saw the space at, um, during its bones, two by fours. So I, I saw it. I had a visual idea. I do a lot of home remodeling and construction. So it's a familiar, familiar platform for me. Um, so the obstacles and working with the space, especially on location, um, and working with sponsors and artists and, and all these different types of elements that make your concept happen don't always come to fruition. Um, I think that's okay to let people know that you might have a certain idea in mind, but when you get there, I think that's us as designers, we have to be able to work on our tools. We have sure. to be able to work, yeah. Make it, it work, yeah, get the job work. done, exactly. and embrace the unexpected. Um, for example, some of the oversized elements in, in the space yeah. were because... Um, the sizes that I was ordering were requiring from the people sponsoring this, this space weren't available. So I said, send me what you have. And I suddenly had all of these oversized, wonderful pieces of artwork, mirrors. And I said, go big or go home. And I made it work. And I just changed it. I changed uh, the story from down here, going up to the first landing and going up the stairs. I know previously we talked a little bit about, about the collaboration that goes on throughout the entire home. How right. Maybe you guys had each individual ideas on what you wanted to present to the house, sure. but you know, bringing it all together, you know, every there might be a mirror that shows up similarly in a different space. Uh, how, maybe talk about that process. Sure. Well, so often vendors and or uh, sponsors want to take advantage of working with, with with different designers. So you'll often have spaces have similar brands for uh, furnishings. Um, some, nothing was duplicated in the house, but there are definitely brands like Howard Elliott, for example, they do residential and hospitality accessories. They're in two or uh, three different spaces in this house, which is wonderful for a brand, a relationship with branding, uh, with designers and industry. I hope that answers your question. Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, Sure. <laughs> um, talking about the inspiration that you gather from traveling, I knew this space specifically was inspired by San Juan. San Juan, I, right. Sure. Um, the pa well, the, the collection itself is called the Passport Collection, and it was influenced from my travels through to Venice, Old San Juan, and in my own backyard, New York City, the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, the Cloisters, and the Flatiron District. Um, when I was in Venice, I was walking through the streets and all that old world charm and I saw the window grids and iron grids of doors and windows that were reminiscent of my my logo my brand Strictly Santi so we chose to use that element I think there was a Strictly Santi back in the 16th century at some time <laughs> um, because it truly inspired this collection so I, I extracted the color story from the photography we shot 
in all these wonderful, inspiring, you know, it's locations. So you say that Venice is especially known for their color and their rich colors. A lot of photographers I know travel there specifically just for that. And the fact that you picked up on that just goes to show how you, readily. And you never know what that photo is going to do for you at some point, in your, you know, in your life or your journey. You know, when I went to Venice, I, I didn't have an idea of, of launching. I knew I wanted to launch a wallpaper collection, but it didn't happen until I was there experiencing it. Yeah, that goes to show like how we just draw inspiration out of everything, out of every experience that we're going through sure. throughout our travels, whether just our regular day lives. It's always around us. It's just a matter about picking up on it and opening up our eyes to it and letting that inspiration come to us. And and even in inspiration through conversation like this, right, yeah. you guys inspire me to get even more excited than I already am mm -hmm. about interior design and, and discussing it. And, you know, I, I want to learn from you mm -hmm. the way I, you know, you're learning from me. I think it's a, it's a full circle. Yeah. It's a great, that's, I guess that's what we're trying to convey here throughout all of these web series and these interviews that we're conduct, conducting. We're trying to let the students know that the industry needs us and we need the industry. So we're trying to really bridge that gap and trying to make those connections, trying to help those students right out of college to realize that it's out there. You just got to go get them. You have to go get them. You have to be humble and not think you know it all mm -hmm. and be willing to trip, stumble and fall and be mentored. I understand that we all have wings and we're ready to fly from the nest and go, <laughs> I'm ready to take, you know, take New York. I'm ready to take LA or, you know, and start my own business and more power to you. But um, you, they're, they're stepping stones, they're learning curves. It's called the evolution of design, and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so the more you can expose yourself and have uh, a journey or a conversation like this, uh, the better it is. I also encourage you to get involved with design organizations like the IFDA, Interior Design Society, ASID, to name a couple. They have wonderful student outreach programs, and um, they're there for you to take advantage of CEUs. And uh, knowledge is power, and we're stronger together and sharing in design. I'm a little bit interested sure. going back to your wallpaper collection just because we I can know, go back to the wallpaper. I know you call yourself the prince of wallpaper. Yes. Yes. So what kind of inspired you to start that and get into that? Well, I have an affinity for wall covering. Um, you know, the, when I was growing up as a designer, I had mentors and, and designers that I looked up to. And one of them was Mario Buato. And he was the Prince of Chintz. And that's always just resonated with me. So um, I just started using wallpaper. And on every job, no one said no to me. And I just said, you know, I'm kind of like the prince or the king. And I just said, Prince of Wallpaper. So that it was an ode to, to Mario Buato. And um, I just love utilizing wall coverings and wallpaper in many different ways. From the back of a bookshelf and the ceiling, doors, you know, you having a lot of fun with it. And I think that goes back to how you said presenting your spaces, expect the unexpected. Sure, yeah. absolutely. And what I wanted to do also here was, um, as a designer working in a show house, it was the opportunity for me to not go radical, but really take the concept to the next level with, um, with energy and movement of direction of the wallpaper. And as you're coming up the stairs, changing the color and the diagonal and vertical, having fun with the space was really important for me. And I like how you picked up on those elements of energy and circulation and movement, because I think it's so fitting because you designed the entryway. And that's such an integral part when entering a space is all about the circulation, all about the movement. So sure. it's so funny, but yet realizing that space that you had, and that's exactly what you portrayed in this design. So and it's a good opportunity to go a little bolder because you're not in the space too long. It's a transitional space. 
So it's it's like doing the powder room with this jazzy wallpaper because mm -hmm. it, it's not in your face. And, and what I mean by that is more so than not, um, some people are are scared of going bold. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the sense of neutrality is a universal. We like tranquil spaces and things like that. But um, in a transitional space, gives you ample opportunity yeah. to really take it to the next level. I guess that's another way to segue. What kind of spaces do you tend to draw yourself towards? Are you unbiased towards certain spaces? I'm, I'm completely unbiased. Yeah. I, um, I'm navigated by my clients. Okay. I'm an interior designer first, mm -hmm. and it's not about my way um, or the aesthetic that I love to live in, in myself. Mm -hmm. It's about doing a job. What does my client need? Yeah. And how do I define the project or the task at hand? And ultimately, you know, defining the job, the client. Yeah. Um, my job is to make sense of it with my expertise and knowledge. Now, how do you bring in clients? Are you very social media based or just word of mouth? Do you really like to immerse yourself within the community and talk to people more so? Or? I would say all three. I would say community is key and really key in opening up another conversation to a potential project outside of my normal circle. Um, the story of my success is good design and repeat business. And it's been my journey. Social media has been good for me in a way that it has exposed me to the market in a different way. Um, it's brought you guys here. Uh, social media is a wonderful, wonderful instrument to navigate your business with. And um, some people make a living doing their Instagram, but that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, we're utilizing Instagram as a tool to celebrate our design or an online platform. I think it just goes to show again the connections we were talking about earlier. This one-on-one -on -one personal connection is something that's irreplaceable versus the technology and the tools such as Instagram. How we just met through a common friend of design here in High Point. It just goes to show you how we're all interrelated and in all those connections and opportunities that are out there for us. Not, nothing will ever replace this personal experience we're having. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I'm celebrating you. You're celebrating me. We're celebrating design. And you're the next generation, I'm the existing generation, and I'll be the next generation maybe 10 years from now. We don't know who I'll be. Um, but it's, it's, it's what I believe is the essence of building good relationships, whether it's as colleagues or um, friends, business. Now, how would you say you define design and maybe how what it is now, will it change to the future and what, what you, you see of that? Yeah, how have you seen it grow or change throughout the years since you've been a part of this business for so Wow, long? that's a... It's that, a hefty It's a hefty question. <laughs> it's a hefty question because when I started, it was a different it was a different beat or a different rhythm at, at High Point, so to speak. And um, I was born in a world where there were sales reps, you know, ruled the day and we had catalogs. Mm -hmm. And all we wanted was like, can we get a catalog? <laughs> now it's everything's online. It's a different, a different beast. Mm -hmm. Um, in the most positive way. Um, the industry is navigated but very fast paced. Um, get it out there. It's online. So do you, you see know, any pros and cons with that? I don't. I don't, but I don't I I I do. Let me let okay. me let me re answer that. The con I see is that there's this attachment. Okay. Of, yeah. the, of, loss it, of this the loss of this connection and the relationship and it's um it's almost like you can do you can you can design completely online mm -hmm. with companies and never ever meet the people you're working with. There are services out there. Yeah. I don't believe in them, mm -hmm. um, but I support them, and I'm not here to you know yeah. rant on anyone. But um, yeah, it's a different. 
it's just another yeah, way yeah. of working. You know, I work on location with clients. We Skype, we do uh, WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, maybe yeah. dating myself by saying that, but mm -hmm. that's how I work sometimes on location. I don't always go to the destination. I travel all over the country and we'll Skype and, and, and do the task at hand. I suppose another thing to note with being on site and looking at the materials and seeing what feels right, what what physically works within a space, and sure. you, sometimes online you might not have the opportunity to do that. No, but um, coming to a high point mm -hmm. and picking up this bust right. from Polart and telling your client, "Look, I know what this feels like. I, I know what right. this is made of." That's what's a key player for me, right. and why I go to high point and why I go to showrooms and to the trade locations. So when I am talking to them, say, listen, I know what that light does. I, I know what the mechanism, you know, how it works. So that's a key a tool, a selling tool for you when you're out and about in the real world shopping, when you sit on a sofa and the seat collapses or the, or the pitch is off, you can tell your, this is why they're coming to you or me or vice versa. So we want to stress to the students out there, the younger generation, to put your go outside of your comfort zone. Don't go be and explore. Oh yeah, you I'll, need I'll, to have that hands-on experience. Get touch and feel. out. Get mm -hmm. step away from the computer or the laptop or your phone and go experience all of these products that you're ultimately working with and selling. Yeah, this is talking about products and material. I think that's something that's lacking within the school curriculums. That's something that maybe they don't teach us as much in school and that's probably one of the most important stuff I feel like once we get out into the real world and in industry this is definitely a very very huge part sure and it's inspiring too when you're you're here at high point you're seeing products you're seeing furniture that inspire you mm -hmm. when you sit on a chair you're going to remember that yeah, I just exactly. found a new bar stool that I fell in love with mm -hmm. and I sat on it I made sure that you know yeah. the pitch was right I'm five foot nine. I'm thinking, is it going to work for someone six foot tall or someone petite and so forth? So when I look at products, I always think really outside the box, who is this going to be for? But most importantly, how is it made and, you know, fabricated construction and also price point. That's another conversation. <laughs> I think that's another thing that people don't realize is with looking at, they just see a number or they just see something that looks nice. It's it's how you interact with that sure. and how that or works in a space. Seeing what went into that yeah. specific object, like how many hands touched that bus to make that. I don't know, Beethoven, you know how many people touched you? <laughs> yes. So it's like looking past the actual object and seeing what it what it took to make that. And that's, that's a great point. appreciation for it. Absolutely. It's also, or how the... the the perceived value also when you you buy something at a really good cost factor and you know the integrity of what into it but also the value in that and what you could potentially sell it as for a profit margin but yeah quality first um and i also believe in mixing it up high low high investment pieces one or two key ingredient pieces that are going to be the foundation of whatever concept you have and you could integrate it it doesn't all have to be a million dollar room so um, I suppose you dabble within um, different realms and ranging from furniture to lighting to wallpaper to product design. It's even how do you, opera. Yeah. How do you, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother question in itself, I guess. How, yeah, how do you balance everything? I would say the way I'm able to balance it is um, I didn't give up my passion, which was music. Um, but most importantly, I have a good stabilized business and, and I'm self-employed, I have my own business, and I'm able to navigate and pick and choose 
my projects at this point in my career. So it, that what that means is it allows me to expand on just outside of interior design, product design, uh, textile, lighting, and so forth. So having a good successful business has allowed me to do that. Um, but make no mistake, I've always been fast-paced. My journey is um, hands-on. My first job was selling ready-made curtains, cafe cafe tiebacks and, uh, and fabrics, which quickly led me to custom window treatments and being a shop-at-home designer, which is a term you may or may not even know, uh, but it did exist. And it was just this process of evolution. So I, what I did, decided was I loved what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you're not loving what you're doing, that's a problem. Yeah, it's like, what's the At least love half of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, I guess I have an insatiable appetite and I'm in a, in a place in my career, in my life where I can think outside the box and make those choices. Has, has there been any other realm that you really thought to dive into that you haven't yet? Um, I would say the hospitality world, which is where my wall covering collection was born. Um, that's newer to me. I've done, you know, commercial spaces and restaurants and things like that, but I've never really thought of it as a career move where now I, I would love to, I think a lot of designers would love to do a boutique hotel, but that's where I'm navigating uh, myself. My residential design is really strong and it really sustains itself. So I'm able to expand outside the box and even mix it up. I, I, I named this uh, concept hospitential to marry hospitality with, with residential. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to have clients that travel throughout the world, stay in beautiful hotels and come back to me and go, I just stayed in this hotel and I want you to create that room for me. I'm like, and I say to them, you're not getting a hotel. You're, this is a residential home, but I will give you the best elements of that the artwork, the furniture, the space planning. Why don't we infuse that into, into our project? Yeah, you pick out the certain elements within those certain spaces. Inspiration. And that's where this whole hospitential concept happened. I, I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize it, it had a name or I discovered yeah. it had a name until actually this project. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to use a hospitality wall covering in an arts and craft home <laughs> in a residential space Hmm, I'm onto something. Why not? So I bought the Instagram handle, Hospitential. Yeah. Hashtag Hospitential. So I re, re, reinvented. reinvented myself. Yeah. And I don't know where it's going. So stay tuned. I mean, I, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's happening in, in, in the industry. Mm -hmm. They call it residential or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But yeah. hospitality came to high point really strong this year so i think it's something to talk about i guess following that gut feeling following something that you know will work and having the confidence and the commitment and sticking with something like that that's what makes something a space like this or that idea of us residential yeah hospi hospital just testing the waters yeah. see the feedback mm -hmm. you know some things don't always work or yeah. stay and this may not be for everybody but if it's for someone mm -hmm. uh, but more importantly it's, it's a story and isn't that what a good design is about? Is telling a story. Who lives there or, or how is the space utilized? Or what kind of office is this? Or what kind of restaurant is this? It's a whole journey. Yeah, absolutely. So just talking about some of the pieces upstairs that we were talking about with the oh, artworks. Sure. How you see a certain element in one use then you actually carried it over into other of the art pieces, such as the flowers and the dolls. Yes, uh, we have a, a great artist from New York, uh, Ricardo Monge, who did a, a beautiful, beautiful collection called the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And there were flowers that were photographed upside down and they each had a name. 
um, like an amaryllis. Yeah. And from that collection, um, I knew that I wanted his artwork here mm -hmm. featured. So I inspired him to maybe come up with an opera theme. So we mm -hmm. came up with Papra. He actually came up with it. I gave him the opera icons um, and he created that. And when he took that element and infused it in his new artwork. Yeah, so you have these pieces stand all next to each other in this space working so well together. They bounce off of each other, they play with each other. And somehow it wasn't always all planned that way. Mm -hmm. And it worked and especially with the oversized art, you know, you know, opposite of it. Yeah. Um, I didn't plan that. And I, at one point I thought, wow, are these going to compete? Mm -hmm. And they don't. And they do, but in a good way, yes. in a playful way. Yes. They're playing nice. It's a find that balance. <laughs> yeah, it's a push yeah. and pull. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's it's enough. You've got classic art and, mo and modern art, mm -hmm. and they're complementing each other, the classism and the theme. Yeah, we, today a lot, I feel like we see not kind of history repeating itself, but more of, I guess, I guess us as designers, we have to look at all those classical pieces, look mm -hmm. at all that stuff from the past, and I guess draw inspiration yeah. from that and make it our own. So you see these famous pieces, you can maybe if you take something like that and then add a new element to yourself and boom, it's something different. Sure. It's, it's kind of, you know, there's a there's a term out there also called like the new traditional. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I'm traditional at heart, very traditional. Give me damask and I'm a happy guy. Mm -hmm. um, but the new tradition isn't that. But there's an ode to that in this mm -hmm. kind of sense um, that I that I carry through the lighting collection that has a nice traditional element. But the the element of color is a I mean, surprise. This table, yeah, yeah. The, this table here from Aiden Gray, uh, you know, with the Diva collection, um, it's the old with the new. You've got an acrylic waterfall, yeah. you know, with a with a classic wood frame in Italy. This is made in Italy. And then I went, we have our chair upstairs. It, uh, it's just old with the new and... Yeah, so do you think that your past artwork growing up in that background, going into music, like how has how has that changed and how has that inspired you to, to design? Well, I come to design, um, well, no, music came to me a little bit later. Okay. Um, I studied theater first. Mm -hmm. I went to HB Studio in New York City and East Strasbourg and I was studying acting. I, I was going to be a thespian. Mm -hmm. And that led me to quickly do an audition. I got a musical. The music director saw something in me. She, she said, go study, sit, go study voice, go mm -hmm. study music. Mm -hmm. And I never studied music. I went to, I came to it late. So my point to this is I embraced it. Mm -hmm. I embraced it. I said, I'm going to study music. I'm going to be the triple threat. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be a designer for the rest of my life. I'm not going to sell curtains. Well, lo and behold, it be, ended up being my trade. I was really good at design. And I was really enjoying music and going to school. Mm -hmm. So I, I found myself doing two things I love. Mm -hmm. One was sustaining me and one was um, allowing the creativity to come out in a different way on, on stage. Right. Yeah. Theater has been influential to me from the grand scheme of things, music and lyricism of, 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 of music and movement. So that inspired, that's always been integrated. I mean, here we have Beethoven, mm -hmm. um, you know, and th that to me will always be a, the, con the constant, yeah. music and design, so one way or another. Now that's my story, yeah. not for my clients, mm -hmm. but- um, I, I think, I, I know you said before, it's, it's like a song. You're like, you're walking through these spaces and it's, it's telling a story, telling that it song. It really is. We have artwork with insects mm -hmm. and we've got um, insects and we have things that are moving and soaring mm -hmm. and music moves that way also. Mm -hmm. um, color has energy. Mm -hmm. There's movement. We have a rug, it's called the dream. 
we're, we're traveling in our, you know, with our mind. There's, and then the furnishings, they're period pieces or reproductions. They all tell a story. I think it's, I, yeah, just again, reiterating that whole emphasis on how we can draw inspiration from every single element within our lives, within our everyday lives. And it just goes to show how multifaceted our industry really is. Yes. And how there's so many different directions you can take things and just do things as well. Like sure. we gotta stress to the students and the younger generation out there that you don't have to just be one thing. Yeah. You don't. And you can be and do you don't. And I say, relax a little bit. Yes. I say, get out of your way. Get over yourselves. We don't know it all. Let you know. Let yourself experience it. Um, imperfect is sometimes perfect. Don't let your teacher hear that. <laughs> but um, you know, there's beauty in the imperfection. Sometimes it's even better. You know, you, you can't practice something um, because you could be practicing something incorrectly. Perfect practice makes perfect. I don't know if I, that, yeah, that made any no, sense yeah, or where yeah. I was going. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think a lot of students think, you know, I have to work hard. This has to be the best it has to sure. be. But you know what? Sometimes it, it's it's about more of the process and the journey. That you learn from Amen. <laughs> Amen. For example, I told myself that this had to be absolutely perfect because mm -hmm. I was marrying everything for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be photographed and get editorial press. And it had to be A1. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It didn't work out that way. Um, because reality hit and life happens, but I embraced it and I made the best, best concept I could out of it. And, you know, it's, it's about rolling yeah. with those punches, yeah. learning yeah. to be able to run with those. Yeah. I think, is and how I find do. that also with, with clients, um, mm -hmm. uh, something that I will tell you that I think is really important is also shopping with your clients when you can, mm -hmm. and going to the field and, and having that journey and having them experience the 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 color story or um oh sorry the, the storyboard mm -hmm. that you've selected for them and the, the element of surprise mm -hmm. i often shop with a husband and wife or significant others and something always comes out that someone didn't expect mm -hmm. or um your husband will say i like that chair mm -hmm. and and the wife will go you like that chair <laughs> and i would say yeah he likes that chair why and this whole conversation comes up yeah. and I'm the voice of reason going, we'll let him like his chair. We're going to make that work. And we'll, you know, just like you, you want your pink rug, we're going to give him his chair. That reminds, yeah. that reminds me of a point, I guess, I guess, what, what would you have to say about that whole idea or that notion of kind of giving your client what they think they're, they're supposed to need, or, you know, like they have a certain concept in their head, but how, I guess, do you go run with their concept or do you, do you tend to look at certain projects and be like, okay, I think this, how can I implement this into their mind? Sure. Great. That's a great question. Um, I always, um, I try to get into their head yeah. and, and really give them what maybe they don't even know they really yes, need. Yes, exactly. That's you know, I always, you know, form and function. I always pride myself in that form, function, and fun, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I definitely want them to do their own homework. Mm -hmm. Help me help you help us participate in your own journey, participate in your own design. Mm -hmm. Plus it'll maybe cheaper also with my hourly rates. <laughs> and I'm flexible that way also. Mm -hmm. uh, also le learning to be flexible with your business or your clients so you don't turn business away. But I'm at a point where I'm very selective of the projects that I choose mm -hmm. because I am offering a, a full-time service. So um, that's, and that's a, another conversation of where you, you get into your career where you can navigate that. 
stay hungry, say yes to it all, and you learn, learn from all of it until you can really get to that point mm -hmm. where you're able to make that call yeah. and you've established yourself in a business. I, mean, I think you can say that you're you're constantly learning. I think if there's ever a point where you find yourself not learning, there's something wrong there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hungry. Yeah. I have an appetite. Yeah. I love learning. Knowledge is power. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of designers can somewhat get into the the drive of things and then they kind of like coast off the science. Like what keeps you going, what keeps you more sure. motivated and everything. And it's okay to plateau mm -hmm. and kind of chillax for six months or a year and kind mm -hmm. of just let your, your business coast if that's where you're at yes. and you can, yeah. you know, again, it's all building your business up and your design career and who you're working for or working for yourself. Mm -hmm. I would rather you go work for someone and get mentored, get your feet wet and experience, you know, the real world for a couple of years before you venture into your own business. Yeah. Um, that's That would be a recommendation I have. Um, yeah. Sure, you could start your own business from scratch, more but power think, to you. Yeah, I think we're trying to stress here, we've been talking to a lot of different people and saying that different changes and different experiences are only gonna benefit you more. I think people are kind of scared of that change. Sure. I think if they get it, oh, they get a great job and they tend to just stay there. I think, no, yeah. we're trying, especially at our young age, well, internships, <laughs> internships yeah. on internships, try sure. everything. Until, Absolutely, you know, I have a funny story about that. Moms and dads may not love this part. <laughs> um, I never stayed at a job longer than three years. Okay. So, and the first part of my years were in soft furnishings and fabrics and window treatments, mm -hmm. which led me to home furnishings. Home furnishings led me to the furniture world and it just evolved. It's talking about following that. Yeah. Feeling, yeah. And we're talking about gut feeling. It got feeling yeah. and I was always hungry. And that world led me to go into lighting. Mm -hmm. And I was in the lighting world for a, a period of time. That led me to kitchens and bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So I really, I was always seeking and yearning and craving more, working with different employers and contractors as well along the journey that gave me the opportunity. Yeah, you can tell that all of these different backgrounds, all the different experiences that you've had the chance to has now only led to your success. Yeah, sure. it has only benefit you were as if you just kind of stuck with the same thing. You're just kind of, you're. it's a disservice to yourself. The more knowledge that you can have, the more profitable you are. To the you, you have to find your niche and what yeah. works for you. You know, I, I work with architects. Mm -hmm. I do drafting. I I learned it all, but I, I do the full project management mm -hmm. from flooring and lighting and everything in between. Yeah. Down to the bones and down to the finishing, from the bones to the finishing touches. <laughs> yeah. So you really encompass it all. I so. do. I do. I'm a full service interior design firm with, that now has a product line and, and venturing into a whole new world. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Well, it was be wonderful. If you want to <laughs> tell the camera and the people watching, any places that we can reach you out as far as sure. websites or social media? Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for allowing me into your space. And thank you for coming into my space. <laughs> um, and talking about spaces, you could find me on Strictly Santi on Instagram uh, or Hospitential, which is my new handle. And you can also go to casasanti.com, which is my website. All right. Thanks for watching this episode of A Student's Perspective. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. We hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.